I'm Tina Andrew, and you are listening to Cultivating Indigenous Voices. Today's guest is Rayshawn, who is here to share his work experience as a park ranger. Skug Thash Atham, I'm here with a special guest who is currently working as a park ranger at Swar National Park East. In this episode, we'll hear Rayshawn talk about his life as a park ranger and why his background plays a big part in the work that he does in the community. Thanks for coming into the studio today to share your story. Thank you for having me. So my name's Rayshawn Ramon. I come from the community of Artesia within the Barbecue District on the Thanawatham Nation. Uh, I am Thanawatham, San Carlos Apache, and Hopi Tewa. So I grew up on the reservation uh, my whole life. I grew up just playing outside, roaming the mountains, roaming the hills out there. But also, I was always very curious about our desert, our Jewad. Um, so I feel like I started connecting with it at a very young age, but also learning the, the culture uh, with it. Yeah, so I work at Saguaro National Park in the Community Engagement and Outreach Division. And so my responsibilities is attending different community events within uh, the local region, uh, such as Tucson or Thanantham Nation or different tribal reservations. Um, so I, what I would do is like that, I would kind of talk about the cultural or the natural and cultural resources that we have at Saguaro National Park and what available opportunities that people can take advantage of, but also talking about the different programs that we have at the park as well. Um, so our little motto is instead of people going to the park, we bring the park to the people. And so that's what I would like to say. And I talk to uh, thousands of people uh, throughout my two years here. And so, yeah, I like to reach out different communities. Yeah. Awesome. Wow, that's amazing. And it sounds like a really fun job to have, especially to be out in the public and be out in the desert. And I definitely remember those times, especially as a kid growing up on the res. <laughs> that was pretty much uh, our playground, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so did you always aspire to be a park ranger? Um no, I I wasn't really aware of the National Park Service as a kid. I kind of knew Saguaro National Park was in our backyard in Tucson, but I didn't realize, I guess, how significant it was to this area. And, you know, growing up, I think I've probably visited Saguaro National Park West a few times, either in high school or as a kid. Uh, but like I said, I didn't really understood what a national park meant uh, for uh, this region. So I started at Thonalton Community College um, getting my associates in life sciences, and um, I was hoping to transfer to the University of Arizona, uh, which I did. I did transfer in 2019, uh, which I started. Uh, but my goal was to go into um, environmental sciences, but that quickly changed uh, from that to anthropology. So the reason why I, ch I changed it to that, it was just because oh, I was more focused in, in archaeology. Um, as a kid, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that I've always played outside, uh, roamed around the hills and and looked at different stuff. And sometimes like my grandfather, who would take me to certain areas within our own backyard. And usually these areas are kind of like archeological sites, um, like evidence of, you know, our, our hugum, our ancestors. And that would be like pottery shirts or grinding stones. And he would show me as a kid, he said, oh, look, this is, you know, this is what this is. This is a little pottery piece, or this is a piece of a grinding stone. You know, as a kid, I was like, Okay, cool. <laughs> but I didn't really understood uh, that until I got older. Um, I, I, as I started getting older, I started exploring more. I started reading books about like Hohokam um, history and how that were deeply connected to that in, in this uh, Sonoran Desert region. 
Um, so I always had that in the back of uh, my head uh, when I started at TOCC. They didn't have anything specific like that at the time. Um, but as I was transferring over to the University of Arizona, I looked at different programs and I was like, well, anthropology seems like the right fit uh, for me, uh, like that more focus on archaeology. And so that's why I ended up choosing that degree. And then uh, with that degree, I had to pick a minor. So I picked American Indian Studies. I thought they would go hand in hand. But yeah, I, so I started there. Uh, but unfortunately, that um, money became an issue for me. Uh, financially, I couldn't pay for my classes. And so uh, back in the early 2022, I realized I wouldn't be able to go back to school. And so it's like, because like that financially, it would have been difficult for me. So I had to pay off my previous semester. And so that first week of class, uh, during the beginning of the year, I met with my school advisor and I told her, I was just like, I don't think I'll be attending this semester just because of financial issues. And, you know, she was very understanding. Um, she said, well, okay, um, well, just keep in contact with me. And I said, I will. Um, and I told her, I was like, I am bummed out. But at the same time, I was just like, I don't know what other opportunities are out there. And then sure enough, like as soon as I got, as soon as I realized that, I wasn't going to be attending school that semester. I started looking online at different job applications. And then for some reason, Suara National Park came up in my head. And, like you know, during that uh, school, the previous semester, we were talking about the National Park Service and, and uh, Native Americans or and, you know, archaeology and different things like that. And so I said, I wonder if there's anything maybe specific for me. And so I literally went on the website and... I literally found like a comment section and I said, do you have any job opportunities for Native Americans? <laughs> and then I, a few days later, I get an email from my current supervisor uh, right now. And he's like, hey, I was, there's this internship. And he said, would you like to meet up? And I was like, of, of course. And so uh, I think the very next day or the next couple of days, I went to Swar National Park East. And that was my first time ever visiting that site. So I was kind of a little nervous and I was getting anxiety going to new places and so I remember I walked up to the visitor center and um, I was like do you know this person and like who and at the time we had to wear a mask and I was like and I said they're now in my head I was like am I saying their name wrong and like oh okay yeah that's over in this other building I was like, okay so I walked over and then sure enough I, I met my current supervisor and um, yeah it was really great conversation I told him uh, what I wanted to do and like that and I, I did mention that I've never really had experience working in a national park but at the same time uh, too during my schooling I started to know the history of national parks and uh, tribal communities and it's a very complicated um, history and so when I started there he's like okay well um, he told me is that well you have to uh, volunteer a few weeks first just to I guess to get to know you and how well you work with people and I was like okay this is great and then that all happened like within the first week of when school started <laughs> and so that very next week you know I I, I was there as an intern in the next generation uh, ranger corps and yeah it was a it, it turned out very well for me uh during that time i was like okay well i can save up money and then pay for my schooling and then go back to school it was funny enough on my third day there as an intern i got word that deb holland secretary of terror was coming to swore national park and i was like what <laughs> wow okay and so yeah uh, yeah so she showed up um with her entourage and you know, I was able to share a song with her, uh, which is the Hashan song. Uh, it was one of my favorite songs. And during that time, when I was seeing it, I was looking at the saguaros, because you know, the Saguaro National Park is known for its dense uh, cacti. And then she started crying. She started um, wow. uh, shedding and a tear. Did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and she did have that vibe, too, like as a, like a grandma. <laughs> yeah.
That's amazing. And, you know, one thing with the Next Generation Ranger Corps, I've heard you mention that a few times. Can you share with the listeners what exactly that program is? Yeah, the Next Gen uh, Ranger program is a program uh, specifically for Saguaro National Park. It's designed from anyone 18 to 30, and it's a year-long program, but um, it can be extended uh, there. And so part of that program is you get to work in one of the divisions at Saguaro National Park, so interpretation, uh, natural resources, trails. Uh, There are a few um, places that you can work, but the beauty of the program is uh, for you to not only be in that one place, but to actually transfer to different divisions so you can get that experience. And so that program started in 2015, and it's um, run by Friends of Saguaro National Park. It's a it's a great program, and in total, we have over almost 100 graduates, and about 70% of those graduates uh, moved on to work either at a national park or another uh, federal entity. Um, uh, which is a great program. And I know that you were a part of that program. Yes, I was. And it was in 2015. I was one of the first group of next gens to be a part of a pilot program, pretty much. And it was a pretty successful program. And it it was a great experience for me back in 2015. And I learned a lot and I took I walked away with a lot of skills from that job I was with them until 2019 and then wow. you came in wow. that year that is so crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was with them for about a good four and a half years and I I worked in the education department and I managed two programs which is the lost carnivores program and the saguaro census program And uh, a big part of my job was to um, build a two-way working relationship between the National Park Service and tribal uh, communities. Is that something that is also a part of your position, or is that a a goal that you strive to create is is these relationships with tribal um, communities? Yeah, so um, like I said, it was like I've only been in this position for, I guess, the green and gray for not that long, Mm -hmm. but as an intern. I've been there for a year. And so I'm slowly trying to um, build those relationships. I mean, like that's always, always a goal of mine when I started. Um, I did uh, before when I got hired, I was telling them I really want to make an effort to actually go out to the tribal communities and, you know, bring them out there or for us to go out there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, but actually bringing in uh, young autumn to work at the park, uh, whether it's an employee in Green and Gray or the next gen program and so yeah i've reached out to different um schools uh, different um entities within tucson to come out and um i guess enjoy it um like that because there's a lot of resources that the park has to offer and it's whether of us reaching out to those communities because sometimes like they don't know that they're aware that that it's a national park and they have all these cool programs and so with the, these programs that you mentioned earlier, I always try to, I would say, optimize it. <laughs> and yes. like that saying different words in autumn. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's a really uh, unique program. And like that, too, um, it's still a goal of mine. And um, and like that, when I first started, I said, I want to make sure that I do get another autumn in there. And then sure enough, we mm-hmm. do have another autumn who works as awesome. a next-gen program, uh, too, actually. Nice. And that's it made me very proud and <laughs> knowing yeah. that. I was able to help that, and then like mm-hmm. that, it's, it's starting, I would mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really great. 
So what types of skills do you need to have to become a park ranger? Yeah, that's one of the more common questions that we get uh, during my uh, the community events in town. It's like, well, how do you work at a national park? Because then they would say, I heard that it's very competitive, mm-hmm. which is very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I for me, like I didn't really have a degree like that focus on like like natural resources or environmental education, really. And so what I've heard a lot is that uh, just from current employees or past employees that they start off as volunteering at Sora National Park. And like that, and volunteering with one of the different divisions, whether it's in interpretation, talking with folks, or the natural resources, you know, going out there, doing different surveys, or even pulling buffalo grass. And that's how they kind of got those experiences. And then like that, of course, like that, then they use those those experiences to, in their resume, and then they apply for certain uh, jobs. Um, but like that, I've always told that okay, education does help too as well, but I don't think it's always like the the one way to get into uh, the national park mm-hmm. um, like that for me, like I literally just start as an intern mm-hmm. and then the next thing you know, was just in green and gray. Yes, mm-hmm. that's great to hear. And thank you so much for sharing all this um, valuable information to our listeners out there. I'm sure there are many folks who enjoy going to national parks all throughout nationwide, pretty much. And we do get a lot of visitors from all over the world. So that's amazing that they get to come here and learn all about the Hashan, mm-hmm. the Sawaros. So, you know, for me, it was a great work experience um, that also had its challenges, uh, especially as a person of uh, indigenous native uh, descent. Uh, but, you know, you work through those. And it to me, it was a challenge. Like I I those challenges really helped me in the real world and real life and gave me some understanding about a real work experience So as a young person back then. I, I definitely am glad that at least I had those types of challenges in my mm-hmm. life because they really help me to better understand certain things. But, you know, the times that we've talked, I've expressed my enthusiasm to see another Autumn Park staff working and representing Autumn Himaduk histories and cultural practices to many people who travel from all over the world to learn all about, as mentioned, the Hashan and the Tano, the Saguaros and the desert. So what is it about the job that keeps you motivated to continue sharing and grow as an individual. I think Saguaro National Park has a lot of great uh, cultural significance, uh, not only to myself, but for my people. As you know, our hookum have been here for thousands and thousands of years. And you know, for me to work in a place where I get to talk about our ancestors, the Hashan, uh, it gives me a great um, joy and it gives me like this sense of um, connection. And I feel like, you know, like that, I'm very deeply connected to this area. And having folks that come from all over the world just to see uh, this place, um, it gives me an opportunity to share not just one's perspective, you know, like the scientific perspective of, you know, why do we have Hashans that grow here? Why do they look like this? Things like that. But I get to share the cultural significance of it. Of course, like that too, or the Saguaro fruit harvest, but also like that, sharing that they're not just plants, they're, you know, there are ancestors and they have uh, this uh, strong connections. And I always like to mention this, like that swirls are a keystone species to the Sonoran Desert, but it's also a keystone species to our culture. Mm-hmm. And I always emphasize that um, because like that, the, the Hashan are within our stories. Mm-hmm. 
you know, our songs, you know, or even our, our, our basket designs. And it's so incorporated within our culture. And that's, you know, without the Hashan, I feel like we wouldn't really be here. And that's why, you know, I always tell people, you know, treat it with respect because like that, the swirls are federally protected too. And it's my job as a park ranger us to do the same is to protect it, not only for the environment, but for my people, my culture, and uh, to ensure that it's it survives. And so every chance that I get, I would I would love to talk about Saguaro's <laughs> with visitors. Yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, working at Saguaro National Park. And like that, I, I give many programs uh, to visitors and like that, and too, like that, they ask, they ask a lot of questions. As soon as like they find out that you're native, and then it kind of <laughs> goes into another another road where they ask a lot of different <laughs> questions and sometimes you don't really feel comfortable <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure you experienced that yeah, as well yeah. um, but overall it's a really great experience I know that I'm I'm there for my community mm-hmm. and I'm always going to be there uh, doing that and like that not for my community but for the the desert as well mm-hmm. having this position at well it started off as an intern you know I was felt was like, okay well maybe I should be here maybe I need to be here and like that it's like um if I'm going to be here, I need to make more connections with my community, but also in inviting folks to um, work in the in the next gen program. But then uh, that's when the opportunity came for me to be in green and gray, and I was like, okay, well, this could lead to something. And then you know I applied, and you know now I'm a park ranger. Um, you know, people like started seeing me in uniform, and then people were just asking, like my mother was like, hey, what does what does Rayshon do? And I said, oh, he works at the national park, like as a park ranger. <laughs> Like that, I a lot of folks came up to me. It's like I'm very proud of you. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy that we have an autumn mm-hmm. um, working at Swara National Park. You know, always get like that. You know, you're always you need to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be in those spaces because um, we need to have our own stories shared. And they are right because um, like that, you know, Swara National Park is a place where millions of people come, and oftentimes people there that work at the national park are telling our stories. And they have been doing so ever since um, Sora National Park was created in 1933, but as a national monument. And then in 1994, it became a national park. But during that time, you know, we didn't have that many Otham sharing their own stories. But now, like, you have an Otham that's actually in green and gray and is actually, um, you know, there to uh, continue sharing those stories. Uh, big shoes to fill. Um, They're gonna name a mountain after you. Oh my god! <laughs> it's funny because I one of my coworkers did say that. <laughs> uh, maybe after I'm long gone, but <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's a huge responsibility. But I'm glad that I do have the support of like my community, but also my family and friends. And uh, you know, I'm pretty excited of like the new connections that I get to create with people. You know, with me, I, I do both. I you know I incorporate the indigenous knowledge, but also the scientific you know, knowledge there. And I think incorporating those two, it actually enhances the story, enhances uh, that perspective. And, you know, getting multiple uh, different views, you know, helps to educate uh, the public or even like the staff, uh, to, uh, their knowledge of certain uh, things within the park. Another challenge uh, at the park is like that with visitors sometimes. Also too, like that working with the public, you get a lot of um, uncomfortable questions uh, pertaining to your identity, because I had a few folks that would, you know, I mean, they're it's they're they're very genuine. They don't, you know, they're asking questions. They don't realize what they're asking, um, but they would ask like, you know, like one thing would be like, "What are you?" Yeah. <laughs> and then I already knew that where it was gonna go. 
And then, and like that, I would just tell them, like, oh, okay. But that, that's just me. Part of, part of my job is to educate people that, mm-hmm. you know, Native Americans still have uh, connections to this area and that are still here. And it always makes me feel good after, like, well, at least they know now. Um, even got a question, was like, how was life like li- living on the reservation? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I kind of just paused because I didn't know how to answer that question. I was just like, well, normal i guess i mean i I didn't i didn't really know how to answer that question um but it was just different things like that that people ask and you know at first like i was uh, i'm I'm willing to share and educate you and like you know the people that lived in this area Mm -hmm. um but also how they're culturally connected and like that i talked about the certain cultural or archaeological sites within the park you know such as signal hill uh, which is open to the public and as as you know as a very popular destination and a lot of times people ask me, like, well, what happened to the people in that area that made those petroglyphs? And I'll look at them and I'm like, they're still here while pointing at myself. And it's just things like that that I, I really enjoy. I'm sharing uh, the history and my culture with them. But I do enjoy talking to the visitors. That's probably one of the best part of the job when I'm talking to um, folks from all over the world. I like that, too. You know, talking about the Sonoran Desert, the, the Hashan, you know, how we can take care of it. Uh, but another part of like what I enjoy is actually talking to the local community, especially at the Tucson area. And a lot of times when I talk to these folks, it's like I would say, have you ever been to a national park before? And they'll be, um, I don't think I have. Then I would say, well, have you heard of Grand Canyon, Yellowstone? Like, oh, yeah, I did go there as a kid. And then, then they start to click. Then I said, did you know we have one in our own backyard? Like, no, it's like Sora National Park. And like, what? And, and like, you know, that little spark in their head, you know, lights up. And then you like that. And then I'll start talking about Sora National Park and about the different um, opportunities they have there, such as uh, hiking, um, internships, volunteer opportunities, uh, things like that. And like, wow, like, you know, I really like to get involved. And like that, you do see that people go into the park after. Um, like that, I want to talk with the community. And then, you know, like that, a lot of times, a lot of people don't know <laughs> that we have a, a national park. And then like that part of my, you know, I think in community engagement, uh, that really does help. Um, serving that uh, the community and, and letting the folks know that uh, there is a, a national park that people can visit uh, because like that there's majority of the people that are coming to the park are from all over the world yeah and another fun fact is that we have two I mean it's the same park but it's mm-hmm. an east and a west and it's normally national parks aren't situated that way, but we have an entire city in the between yeah. the two parks. <laughs> we're, we're one of the most unique parks in the country, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's uh, an urban park, as you would call it, because we're just split by metropolitan Tucson. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I think that's kind of what there's is advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. I think the advantage is it, that, of course, like people are a lot closer but like that, I think for my position, the community engagement and outreach, you're able to actually go into the community that's just right next door, and, you know, and talk about the park and the resources and hoping they will go to the park. Uh, we think a disadvantage is it's in a city. It's still close to a city. And you see a lot of people not knowing it's a national park and they go into the boundaries or, you know, things like that. You kind of have like that light pollution, okay. you know, vehicles yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the planes constantly. Yeah. flying over you always wonder if like if that bothers like the, the wildlife in that area yeah. so what are the key responsibilities of a park ranger for myself i believe it's sharing why this place is so special 
when you share that information with folks, you kind of ignite that that idea that, okay, well, it, this place is uh, very special and I need to do my part in uh, protecting it, but also educating other people, you know, and you do that by with us uh, rangers that work there is like that having certain programs, mm-hmm. um, talking about certain plants, animals, or simply just leading a guided hike. And on that guided hike, you you can talk about plants and animals and the connection, uh, you know, builds from what's inside those people like, okay, like I really enjoy this place. And, um, but not only that, it's like that, it, it still holds a great cultural significance to the Tonawatan people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I do those programs, I always mention that like that, there are still people that are still culturally connected uh, today and always have been and I always like to mention like like and like that for like for myself like that like I am culturally connected but yeah I believe it's just like that protecting our natural and cultural resources and like I, we do that by just sharing the information about it and why we should protect it and why it's so special uh, with folks and outside of work what do you enjoy doing I'm actually a pretty avid hiker. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, um, as a kid, like like I said, I've always grown up just roaming the the Jewwood, the desert, mm-hmm. and I still do that today. And um, I still like hiking a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't do it as much now, just because of work. And I feel like I still hike at work, but it's for work, <laughs> and it feels different when you do it not work. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually spend my time just hanging out with friends and I'm actually I like doing photography and so I'm always out there with my camera taking pictures and I've been recently getting to my Polaroid so I just have that in hand but I like to do a lot of photography I like to hike and take pictures out there yeah it's a really it's probably one of the cool things that I like to do outside of the my work life but somehow I incorporated that in my work life too (laughs) (laughs) oh awesome well that's great to hear and finally, as we're closing out this interview, do you have any last thoughts, comments, or shout outs that you would like to share? One thing I would like to say is that, you know, in the future, I want to see more Indigenous people in Green and Gray, or even just visiting the park, um, utilizing some of those programs, or even just hiking. Um, but ultimately, I would like to, you know, see that growth of people coming to the park and working at the park. And, you know, I think. And like that, you know, for the Autumn people, I would say that before it was a national park, it was your area first. Mm -hmm. And then like that, that place is still open for you to, you know, to go Mm -hmm. um, for whatever uh, reason, whether it's harvesting the the bayathash, the saguaro fruit, or even just hiking, or even visiting some of the, the petroglyph sites, because we still have cultural connections to those areas as well. But yeah, for like, for everyone, really, is so that, you know, like that Saguaro National Park is a great place. It's one of the m- most unique places in the world. And if you haven't visited the National Park, I encourage you to do so. It is getting a lot cooler. Uh, so you see a lot more hiking programs um, over there. Uh, but also just get to know your, your desert, the Jewwood, because it provides a lot for, you know, the wildlife, uh, the plants, but also you know, like that people are still are culturally connected in, in many ways. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rayshawn, for taking the time to be here with me on Cultivating Indigenous Voices. And thank you to the listeners for taking the time to tune in and learn all about the Park Service and a little bit about the Next Generation Ranger Program. For more information, you can definitely go on 
their website to learn more, Saguaro National Park. So once again, thank you all for listening in right here, for taking the time to be here with us here at KXCI. You are listening to Cultivating Indigenous Voices, featuring Rayshawn Ramon, hosted and produced by Tina Andrew. To hear more episodes, go to kxci.org.